Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah. Just quickly, insha'Allah ta'ala, whilst the young boys and the men are coming inside the masjid, uh, we welcome you and we firstly greet you by saying assalamu alaikum. Uh, Alhamdulillah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from you your sa'i, your efforts in coming, uh, coming before salat al-isha. As you know, whilst you're waiting for the prayer, you're in prayer. So while you're sitting in the masjid and you're upon wudu, and if you're not upon wudu, then I suggest you, you exit and make wudu. Uh, and then you come back in with the intention you're waiting for the salah and as we know the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa has mentioned you're in prayer whilst you're waiting for the salah so alhamdulillah you're not only listening listening to a reminder but you're in prayer as you're waiting now inshallah ta'ala in a, in a moment I'll be calling our dear dee Shaykh and the Amir of ASWJ in New South Wales Shaykh Khalid Isa who will give us inshallah ta'ala uh, a few words in Arabic up until Salat al-Isha or thereabouts uh, it will be solely in Arabic and then after uh, Salat al-Isha, there will be three three reminders, insha'Allah ta'ala. One uh, delivered by uh, Sheikh Khalid uh, Muhammad, who will deliver a few points with regards to the hereafter. Okay, S- snippets of the hereafter. And then we'll have also a Sheikh Farhan, who will give uh, some, some wording with regards to the punishment of the hellfire. And a few things that occurs in there. And then myself will, will be speaking about the paradise and a few things with regards to the paradise, insha'Allah ta'ala. So there'll be one Arabic uh, lesson and three in English, insha'Allah ta'ala. For we call upon our dear Sheikh, Sheikh Khalid Isa, Faliyatafadal, Jazakum la khairan. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Amma ba'd, al-kalamu anil akhira, al-kalamu anil qiyama, al-kalamu anil jannati wa nar من الأمور المهمة التي يحتاجها كل مسلم سبحان الله يعني يحتاج الواحد منا إلى من يذكره بهذه الأحداث العظيمة التي ستكون يوم القيامة كم يعني أنا استفدت وفرحت عندما قيل لي ستتكلم عن بعض الأحداث يوم القيامة سبحان الله يعني كأني لم أقرأها من قبل الإنسان سبحان الله عندما يشتغل في دنياه ينسى هذه الأمور العظيمة التي سيقدم عليها يوم القيامة كم قرأت هذه الأمور لكن لما قرأتها والله يعني كأني لم أقرأها من قبل الإنسان ينسى وإذا لم يذكره أحد يزيد في النسيان فلا تقل يا عبد الله أن هذه أمور قد سمعناها مرارا وتكرارا ما الفائدة من سماعها كان من هدي النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه يذكر أصحابه الآخرة يذكر أصحابه الجنة والنار والنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أوتي من البلاغة والفصاحة 
ما لم يؤتى أحد غيره فلما يتكلم عن هذه الأمور يتكلم عنها بطريقة بليغة بطريقة جميلة حتى كأن الصحابة رضوان الله عليهم يرونها رأي عين وهذا من أجمل المواعظ أن يؤتى الإنسان من البلاغة والفصاحة فيتكلم عن هذه الأحداث ويصورها تصويرا دقيقا كأنها فيتكلم عن هذه الأحداث ويصورها تصويرا دقيقا إذا استطاع الإنسان المتكلم أن يفعل ذلك يكون قد نجح في إيصال الموعظة والعبرة إلى قلوب السامعين يعني لما جاء حنظل إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وقال له يا رسول الله نافق حنظل قال انظر ما تقول قال يا رسول الله إن إذا كنا معك يعني تحدثنا عن الجنة والنار حتى كأنها رأي عين رأي عين فإذا هذا كان من هدي النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من يفهم العربية؟ <تصفيق> هل تريدون ترجمة؟ Do you, want, do you need translation or we continue? بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن آله ما بعد شيخ began his talk by praising Allah سبحانه وتعالى and began to speak about that which is going to come from the reminders from the hereafter and something that the sheikh mentioned is going to be a summary of the thing that I expect the word for word translation brothers relax uh, يعني something that the sheikh was mentioning barakallahu fee was that the Prophet sallallahu would constantly remind his companions regarding this issue. And something that the Prophet sallallahu had the eloquence in doing was that he was able to capture the moment where that when he was speaking to his companions, they could see that which the Prophet sallallahu was describing as if it was in front of them. And this is something that is from the eloquence of the of Nabi sallallahu which shows then he was the most eloquent in speech. And this is something that was specific to an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and one of his virtues. Ayuhal ikhwa, ma hiya al-fa'idah min al-kalam an al-akhirah? Al-fa'idah an tasta'idda li tilka al-ahwad. An tasta'idda li tilka al-makhawif. واعلم أنك مهما صادفت في هذه الدنيا من أهوال ومن عظائم ومن شدائد ومن مصائب فوالله ليست بشيء بالنسبة إلى الآخرة فالإنسان في هذه الدنيا يستعد للمستقبل للمستقبل هنا في الدنيا يعمل ويجد ويصرف الجهد والمال والوقت استعدادا 
لما لا لما يلاقيه في هذه الدنيا يقول أنا أريد أن أكون مستعدا ربما أبتلى بالفقر ربما أبتلى بالمرض ربما أبتلى بالعجز ربما أبتلى ببعد الناس وانصرافهم عني والله كأن هذا موجود في نفس كل إنسان فالإنسان يستعد وهذه الشدائد التي يلاقيها الناس والله العظيم ليست بشيء مما سيلاقيه يوم القيامة مما سيلاقيه يوم القيامة يوم القيامة يعني خصوصا إذا غمس المؤمن في الجنة غمسة ينسى كل شدة مر بها في هذه الدنيا وإذا غمس الكافر في النار نسي كل نعيم فإذا العبرة من ذكر تلك الأهوال أن نستعد لها أن يعني نأخذ الأهبة لها يعني في هذه العشر دقائق سأذكر بعض هذه الأهوال وسترون عظم هذه الأهوال يوم القيامة The Sheikh mentioned Jazallah khair what is the benefit of talking and reminding regarding the hereafter and the main purpose that we talk and remind ourselves regarding the hereafter is so that we can prepare for the hereafter and the Sheikh mentioned that whatever you go for whatever you go through in this world then there is no comparison for what is in the hereafter from the trials and tribulations and subhanallah the person he prepares for his life he spends his efforts and time for the future in this world he prepares for this world for his own future and he wants to be prepared just in case if perhaps there is going to be a calamity that he faces from a loss of wealth health or that perhaps the community shuns him and then he is distant from people is unable to do things and subhanallah this is in every person that he faces some sort of these feelings that he wants to create some sense of security for him for his future but subhanallah whatever a person finds from the trials and tribulations in this world then that which comes in the hereafter there is nothing like it there is nothing like that which is going to come in the hereafter and subhanallah if a person is dipped in the hellfire then he forgets about every single blessing there is in this world and if the person was to be dipped into paradise then he forgets about every trial and tribulation that he faced in this life so the reason for mentioning the hereafter is so that we can prepare and the sheikh wants to in the next 10 minutes insha'Allah go through some of the various stages or the various moments of the hereafter أولا مشهد من مشاهد يوم القيامة 
جاء في حديث للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه يحشر قال صلى الله عليه وسلم يحشر الناس يوم القيامة حفاة عراة غرلا غرلا يعني غير مختونين عائشة سمعت هذا الكلام من النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فقالت يا رسول الله النساء والرجال ينظر بعضهم إلى بعض فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الأمر أشد من أن يهمهم هذا أو من أن يهمهم ذلك ونحن يعني هذا مشهد يعني يصور فيه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم حال الناس يوم القيامة فيعني تستعجب عائشة الناس يحشرون حفاة عراة غلا فعائشة استغربت كيف يعني سيكون حال الناس كيف سيكون حال المرأة المحتشمة في هذه الدنيا التي تستحي من أن تظهر شيئا من جسدها أمام, غ... أمام الأجانب فكيف سيكون هذا؟ فقال لها النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الأمر يعني أعظم من أن يهمهم ذلك يعني لهول, لهول ذلك الموقف لا يطرؤ على خاطر امرأة هذه الخاطرة أبدا لما يكون الهول شديد لما يكون الهول شديدا يعني جدا لا يطرؤ على المرأة هذه يعني هذا هذه الخاطرة أبدا فإذا الهول عظيم جدا بحيث يجعل الإنسان ذكرا كان أم أنثى لا يبالي بهذه المسألة الآن يعني في هذه الدنيا يعني إذا مرت امرأة يعني أمام الرجال يهمهم ذلك خصوصا إذا كانت في يعني مزينة يعني مزينة أو في أحلى صورة بس يوم القيامة لهول ذلك الموقف لا أحد يفكر في هذه الأمور ما يفكر به الناس كيف سينجون من هول ذلك الموقف كيف يفكر الإنسان في هذه الأمور يا عباد الله ويؤتى بجهنم لها سبعون زمام مع كل زمام سبعون ألف ملك يجرونها كيف يفكر الإنسان يعني بهذه الأمور والشمس تدنو من رؤوس الخلائق قدر ميل أو ميلين فيذهب عرقهم في الأرض سبعون ذراعا ثم يكون الناس في ذلك على قدر أعمالهم فمنهم من يأخذه العرق إلى كعبيه ومنهم من يأخذه إلى ركبتيه ومنهم من يأخذه إلى حقويه ومنهم من يلجمه العرق إلجاما يعني يصل العرق عند بعض الناس إلى الأنف 
إلى الأنف وهذا يا عباد الله ليس في ساعة أو ساعتين ولا يوم أو يومين بل في يوم كان مقداره خمسون ألف سنة لماذا يلجأ الناس إلى آدم ثم نوح ثم إبراهيم ثم موسى ثم عيسى ثم يلجأون إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ليخلصوهم من هول ذلك الموقف بس هذا موقف واحد ليخلصوهم ليشفعوا لهم عند ربهم أن يأتي لفصل القضاء بين الناس والله العظيم يعني أرى من الضروري جدا ومن النافع جدا أن نقرأ هذا مرات ومرات ومرات لأني كما قلت نحن نغفل وننسى ويفوتنا كثير من الفوائد ببعدنا عن هذه الأحداث الشيخ جزا الله خير making it very easy for me uh, he says تعائش رضي الله عنها عائشة رضي الله عنها she reported the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said that the people will be resurrected barefoot naked and uncircumcised and I said يعني عائشة says this to the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم she says O messenger of Allah will the men and the women look at each other and the Prophet وسلم, he will reply, the matter will be too serious. It will be too serious for them to notice. This is how difficult the hereafter will be. Barefoot, naked, and uncircumcised. And Aisha radiallahu anha, her concern was how will it be for the people who have a sense of shyness in this world, who don't want to be seen? How will it be for them on the day of judgment? So she asked, will the men and the women look at each other? And the Prophet ﷺ replied that the matter is too serious on that day. Because of the great trials, the matter is severe and there will not be a single person who will think like this. There will not be a single person who will have this thought on his mind. And a person will not care regarding the issue regarding, regardless of whether they are male or female. And subhanAllah, Shaykh mentions that if a person, if a female was to walk past and she was not dressed, then this would bring the attention of the men and they would care about this, especially if she was beautified or in a, a way that was beautiful. Yani she would bring the attention of the men. But on the day of judgment, no one will care. On the day of judgment, no one will care. And how can they care when Jahannam itself will be brought forward and it will be carried with 70,000 chains and each chain has thousands and thousands of angels and the sun will be brought closer and to the distance of a mile or two above them, on top of them, the sun will be above them. And the sun will melt them until they will be in sweat according to their deeds. Among them, some will be covered up to his ankles and some they will be covered up until his knees and some up until his waist and some of them who will completely drown in it. And subhanallah, there will be people who will be up until their noses 
in sweat, drowning in whatever comes from themselves. And it is not just a single day, it's not just a 24-hour period. A single day is like 50,000 years. Why will they go to Adam السلام, and Ibrahim and Nuh and the other prophets? Why will they have to flee to each of the prophets? Is so they can just get through this one stage. This isn't all of Qiyamah. This is just one stage of the hereafter. And the Shaykh mentions that it is very important that we constantly remind ourselves and read over this issue of the hereafter constantly, going over it. And he mentions why this is the case is that because we are forgetful and sometimes we forget some of the great reminders that are present from these texts. My brothers, subhanAllah, like the Sheikh said, and alhamdulillah, he pretty much began the lesson for, for me, يعني, the stages of the day of resurrection. But we'll take a step back, inshaAllah ta'ala. Just like the Sheikh said about the importance of learning about these topics, revising these topics, living with these topics of the day of resurrection and the likes. We see in the life of the Prophet ﷺ, he would remind the companions of the hereafter and he would encourage the companions and motivate them to do things that would remind them of the hereafter. Yani sometimes, my brothers, you might see topics constantly spoken about, constantly spoken about. And then you say to yourself, but we've heard this. You know, we just had this and things like this as some brothers they think. But the reality is, my brothers, it's topics like these that if you really understood the topics and what's being said and what was told to us by Allah Azza wa Jal and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then it would have a major impact on your day-to-day -day lives. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he says, He says, indeed, I used to prohibit you from visiting the graves. Now go and visit them. Why? What was the reason the Prophet wasallam? he told us to visit? He said, indeed, it reminds you of the hereafter. And the Prophet wasallam teaching us the supplication when we go to the graveyards, there's a, a phrase that is said, subhanAllah, that should remind every single individual likewise where they're heading, where they are heading. And that is, وَإِنَّا إِنْشَاءَ بِكُمْ And we are, by the will of Allah, we are going to follow. So when you go and visit that graveyard, it should have an effect on you likewise. This day of resurrection, Allah Azza wa Jal, He tells us regarding our accountability. That the recompense, the accountability of mankind is drawing nearer and nearer. Closer and closer. And they're off heedless. That is why it's so important to come to lessons like these. To listen to topics like these, that insha'Allah ta'ala, after you walk out of here today, it's not just we're coming in one ear at the other, after you leave here today, there's a change. 
There's a desire to gain that paradise which Sheikh Walid is going to discuss and to stay away from that hellfire which Sheikh Farhan is going to discuss and to try our utmost best to do those deeds. Stay away from those sins and the likes. So insha'Allah ta'ala, we are prepared for the horrors of the day of resurrection which Sheikh Khalid was mentioning. The Sheikh mentions a hadith when Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she mentioned regarding a man and a lady staring at one another. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, as the Sheikh said, Tuhsharun, and in one version, Yuhsharun nasu yawm al-qiyamah hufatan uratan ghurla. That the people will be resurrected on the day of resurrection, my brothers, barefoot, naked, uncircumcised, in one version, it's mentioned, as Aisha said, Ya Rasulullah, as we heard, the men and women are going to be looking at each other. In another narration, فَكَيْفَ بِالْعَوْرَاتِ Ya Rasulullah, how, what about the, the awrah? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in one of the versions, it's mentioned, he replied with a verse, لِكُلِّ مْرِئٍ مِّنْهُمْ يَوْمَ إِذٍ شَأْنٌ يُغْنِي That for every individual, on that day, meaning the day of resurrection, for every single individual, he's going to have pretty much too much. He's going to be uh, busy with too much. That he's not going to be focusing on this. Can you imagine, my brothers, now you have your child playing with a toy under a TV. You can see the TV is about to fall over. Something happens to the house. The house, house catches on fire. Wallahi, if a thousand women were to walk in front of you, the Sheikh already told us, but if a thousand were to walk in front of you, it's going to be the least of your worries. Why? Because there's something more serious right now. There's something more important right now. This is a day, a day that every single one of us needs to prepare for. This is a day that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioning, coming up to this day, he says, Kayfa an'am. How am I going to be comfortable? How am I going to be comfortable? وَصَاحِبُ الْقَرْنِ قَدِ الْتَقَمَ الْقَرْنَ يَسْتَمِعُ الْإِذْنَ مَتَى يُؤْمَرُ بِالنَّفْخِ يَنْفُخُ That how am I going to be comfortable when the companion of the, of, the, of the horn, the angel which will blow into the horn, has the horn on its lips? The trumpet on its lips waiting for Allah Azza wa Jal to command it, to command it to blow into that horn for the day of resurrection to begin. For the day of resurrection to begin. This day is a day, and I'll quickly mention inshallah some things يعني, about it in no order. Just to show you guys the seriousness of these horrors, of these uh, 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 positions, of these uh, places of these things that will occur on the day of resurrection that all of us, wallahi, should be scared of and we should fear and we should prepare. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or Allah azza wa jal first and foremost, he tells us that the skin, my brothers, you know, Allah azza wa jal has blessed us all with so much and from the blessings of Allah azza wa jal upon us is these organs that we have, our hands, our feet, our eyes, the gift of eyesight, hearing, all of these things. That's why on the day of resurrection, when a man will come on the scales, and then he'll be told, enter Jannah, 
paradise by the mercy of Allah. But this man will not be happy. He says he wants to enter Jannah because of what he did. Because of what he put forth. Because of his deeds. Then Allah Azza wa Jal will cause just the gift of eyesight to be weighed upon the deeds which he did. And of course the scale will lean towards the eyesight. Meaning, meaning Allah Azza wa Jal blessed us with all of this. Do you think because you worshipped Allah for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, you deserve as a substitute Jannah? Yes, the deeds you put forth are a means to Allah's mercy. But ultimately, we will all enter Jannah through the mercy of Allah Azza wa Jal. For the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he tells us that what we're seeing now, our skin, our limbs, they will bear witness. Allah blessed you with them. You want to go and use them to disobey the one that blessed you with them. What kind of gratitude is that? What kind of showing thankfulness is that? That Allah blessed you with hands and you go and touch that which you're not meant to be touching. Allah blessed you with feet and you're going to places Allah Azza wa Jal hates with those feet. Allah blessed you with eyesight and you're using it to look at that which is haram with the gift of hearing, which wallahi people would kill. People would give every single thing they had. My brothers think about someone who has the wealth galore. Wealth galore. And he gets a bit sick, just a little bit, subhanallah. He'll tell you, I'll give everything just for that gift of good health which Allah blessed you with. So he blessed you with this gift of hearing and you listen to that which Allah Azza wa Jal hates likewise. For Allah tells us, Allah Azza wa Jal tells us, يَوْمَ تَشْهَدُ عَلَيْهِمْ That the day that what will bear witness, my brothers? What will bear witness, my brothers? Tell me, who knows? Allah Azza wa Jal tells us, in Surah An-Nur, the actual limbs will bear witness. The hands, aidihim, wa arjuluhum, and the, the, the feet, and the skin, wa juluduhum, because of that which they used to do. Hatta idha ma jauha, shahida alayhim sam'uhum, their hearing, wa absaruhum, their seeing, wa juluduhum, their skins, because of all over that which they used to do. And they will say to their, their skins, these organs, they will say, why are you bearing witness? Subhanallah. It's Allah Azza wa Jal, He made them speak. So what you're using, my brothers, for goodness, inshallah, it will bear witness for you. What you're using of these limbs and the gifts and the likes, for evil, they'll bear witness against you. And Allah Azza wa Jal, wa subhanahu wa ta'ala, He tells us, as the Shaykh mentioned, or the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, details to us, the sun coming closer, details to us, the bridge that we will all, all cross. Some will go like lightning, some will go like, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, He details these things to us. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, will be standing at his fountain. And as you brothers all already know, and we say this in every seminar, and I'm sure everyone you know, will, continue, will continue to say this, each just one of these stages 
and these topics, they need lessons, lessons, yani. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam at his cistern, his fountain, when the people will go, for example, to drink, that's one of the stages, to drink from that fountain, that when they drink from it, they will never get thirsty again. Brothers, do we know one reason as to why the people are pushed away? Because they innovate things into the religion. They bring things into the religion that was never there. So this is why it's so important to learn about these topics. This is why it's so important to live with these topics. Learning about these things will help you, inshallah, prepare for that day. That day that the hellfire, when it comes, as the Sheikh mentioned, 70,000 chains, 70,000 angels on each chain, and it will actually speak. It will roar. The hellfire is not just a pit. It's not just a little uh, thing that, yeah, people get thrown into it on their faces, on their noses. No, the hellfire is like a raging, roaring beast. Hal min mazid? Is there any more? It will say to Allah, Is there any more? Until Allah Azza wa Jal places His blessed foot on the hellfire. And then it will say, Enough, enough. Enough, enough. For this is a day, my brothers, that wallahi, it needs preparation. That's why there's a hadith the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentions, and I'll end with this so I don't go too long. A hadith which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentions, telling us, my brothers, because the whole purpose of, of, of tonight pretty much is, as I've said already, and we've mentioned, to prepare, prepare. Allow it to make a change yani, in your life. Allow what you hear to affect you. Do something that, okay, I came to the lesson tonight. I heard about the day of resurrection. I heard about before that the importance of preparing for it. I heard about Jannah. I want Jannah. I heard about the hellfire. I want to stay away from the hellfire. In a hadith which has been differed upon the authenticity. But the meaning is right there. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, Badiru bil a'mali sitta. And in one version, Badiru bil a'mali sab'a. Badiru bil a'mali saliha. Hal tantadiruna illa faqran munsiya. Aw ghinan mutghiya. Aw haraman mufannida. أو مرضا مفسدا أو موتا مجهزا أو الدجالة فشر غائب ينتظر أو الساعة والساعة أدها وأمر What are you waiting for? To do these good deeds to protect you from that day to protect you from the punishment of Allah to protect you from the anger of Allah What are you waiting for my brothers? Summarize, are you waiting for poverty? For the brothers that have wealth when are you going to give? If you're not going to give today, when? When you get into a state of poverty and then you say, I wish I gave when I had. What are you waiting for? Poverty, a sickness, you're healthy now. Why not act now? Why not protect yourself now? What are you waiting for? Old age, when you're no longer able to pray the night prayers because you're too tired? You're no longer able to fast because your body can't handle it? What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for the Dajjal to come? So then you can say, oh, time's running out. Oh, I've got to do something. Are you waiting for the hour? What are you waiting for, my brothers? For now is the time to act. Today is the time to act. Tonight is the time to act. Because Jannah is not cheap. And Jahannam, Jahannam 
if you want to stay away from it and not enter it into the first place, because as we know, there will be people that will enter it and then they will leave, you need to work. And that's why on the day of resurrection, when, when death will be brought, and I'll end with this inshallah, when death will be brought and death will be slaughtered, death will be slaughtered until a caller will call out, Ya Ahlal Jannah, O people of paradise, La maut, there's no death anymore, that's it. Ya Ahlal Nar, there's no death, La maut, O people of the hellfire. And the hadith says, فَيَزْدَادُ أَهْلُ الْجَنَّةِ فَرَحًا إِلَى فَرَحِهِمْ وَيَزْدَادُ أَهْلُ النَّارِ حُزْنًا إِلَى حُزْنِهِمْ The people of paradise will only get happier, no death. Alhamdulillah. And the people of the hellfire will only get more in a state of sorrow and grief and the likes, which inshaAllah ta'ala, I think which one is the, <laughs> the next? Ah, Shaykh? Jazakumullahu khaira, brothers. Wabarakallahu feekum. Wallahu a'la wa a'lam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Subhanallah, the place that I'm going to start about regarding regret in Jahannam is going to be exactly where the Shaykh left off. Subhanallah, qaddar Allah ma sha'a fa'al. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he tells us in Surah Maryam, verse 39, وَأَنذِرْهُمْ يَوْمَ الْحَسْرَةِ And warn them of the day of regret. Warn them of the day of regret. And subhanAllah, this day is a very specific day. Some of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they mentioned that يَوْمُ الْحَسْرَةِ The day of regret is one of the names of day of judgment. And subhanAllah, if we look closely to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sunnah, we find that yawmul hasrah, the day of regret, is a very specific instance. In the hadith that is found in both al-Bukhari and Muslim, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu an, he narrates, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, that when the people of hellfire will settle in the hellfire, and the people of paradise will settle in the paradise. There's no one who is in there is going out now. خلاص, it's all settled now. It's all finished. الأمر, the matter is now complete. Then what happens? A caller will call out. A caller will call out when a ram is brought, which is both black and white. And this ram will have significance. This ram that is black and white will be something very specific. And then this ram will be pointed out. And a caller will say, O oh people of Jannah, do you know what this is? Do you know what this ram is? And they will know and see it as being death. And then the caller will call out. And he will say, O oh people of the hellfire, do you know what this is? And they will lift their heads, crane their heads. And they will say, this is death. And death will be slaughtered. Death itself will be slaughtered. And then a caller will call out to the people of paradise. And the caller will say, Khuludun fala maut. Eternity. Forever you are going to be here. And there is no longer any death. 
And then the caller will call out to the people of the hellfire. And he will say, Khuludun fala mawt. Eternity. You are going to be here forever. And there is no death. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he recited this verse. The verse in Surah Maryam, verse 39, where the Prophet, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says and warned them about the day of regret. There is no day that is worse for the people of hellfire than this day. When they know, khalas, it's done. It's qudiyya al-amr. The, the matter is sealed. And subhanallah, it will set in for them that there is no escape. There is no reprieve. There is no help. There is no assistance. There is no comfort, no ease. The people of hellfire, khalas, it's settling in now. And subhanallah, there is another narration of this same hadith that is narrated by Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah that is also found in Sahih al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim. And it mentions in this variation, in this narration of the hadith, that as the Sheikh mentioned, that the people of hellfire will at this moment, after death is slaughtered, then they will increase in their reg regret and their sorrow. At that point, khalas, it's finished. They understand now that what's happening is done. This is going to be their end. There's no way to come out. And subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he records for us sometimes in intricate detail what is going to happen to the people of the hellfire and the regret that they're going to have. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Ahzab, verse 66, يَوْمَ نُقَلَّبُوا وُجُوهُهُمْ فِي النَّارِ And on the day that we are going to turn their faces, tossed in the fire, side to side, punishment that's not going to have any end, their faces will be turned from fire onto fire. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, these people who are going to be punished, what are they going to say? يَقُولُونَ يَا لَيْتَنَا أَطَعْنَ اللَّهِ يَا لَيْتَنَا أَطَعْنَ اللَّهَ وَأَطَعْنَ الرَّسُولَ These people who are going to be punished in a very specific way, a constant punishment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are going to say in this punishment, they will cry out, if only we had obeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and obeyed the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If only we had followed that path. Subhanallah, when we look at this verse, it teaches us some very, very important things. One is, this will be their greatest regret while they're being punished. This is the reason that they blame themselves for being punished. This is what they're regretful about. Ya laytana, we wish that we could have followed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We wish we could have followed the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And in this subhanallah, we understand that the one who follows Allah, obeys Allah, and follows the way of the Prophet will never experience this. How can the one who followed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, obeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, followed the Prophet if he did it, why would he say, we wish we would have done it? So it means that the one who does that, who obeys Allah and obeys the messenger, then he will not face this punishment. You won't have this regret.
Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he tells us more, again, in very intricate detail. He says, just before the people enter the hellfire itself, he says in Surah An'am, verse 27, وَلَوْ تَرَى إِذْ وُقِفُوا عَلَى النَّارِ Assalamu alaikum. And if you could see when they will be held before the fire, just before they go into the fire, if you just saw the state, just before they went into the fire, فَقَالُوا يَا لَيْتَنَا نُرَدُّ وَلَا نُكَذِّبَ بِآيَاتِ رَبِّنَا وَنَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Just before they go into the hellfire, إِذْ وُقِفُوا They just stop there, just waiting to go in now. The thing that they're going to be saying just at that moment, at that time, Allah is recording that which hasn't happened yet. He's telling us exactly what is going to be going on in their minds, what they are going to say. He says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they say, He says that they will say, they will cry out, if only we could be sent back. If only we could be sent back. And we would not deny the signs of our Lord. And we would truly be from the believers. Subhanallah, the first thing that they're thinking about is that we want to go back. Please let us go back. If only we were able to go back. And not just that, when we go back, we'll change. We'll do everything that we needed to do. We won't disbelieve in the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We will go back. And then not only that, we will be of those who worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We'll be of the mu'mineen. Those who believe truly will do it. Just send us back. We wish if we could be sent back. They haven't even entered the hellfire. And they're just wishing, please, let us go back. My brothers and sisters, subhanallah, at this stage, all he's trying to do is get a moment of what you have. What you have. One single moment. And he wants to do a very simple thing. I want to believe and I want to do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants me to do. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he tells us of the type of deprivation and severity a person will go through on that day. The type of when someone is really getting now extremely, extremely, he's just trying to find any way out. It's getting very serious for this person. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, يَوَدُّ الْمُجْرِمُ لَوْ يَفْتَدِي مِنَ الْعَذَابِ يَوْمَئِذٍ بِبَنِيهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says that the wicked person, the one who is a sinner, the one who's destined to go into the hellfire, he wants to sacrifice for himself his own child to get away from the punishment. On that day, it's nafsi, nafsi, right? He doesn't care. This is how horrific it becomes. And he's thinking, let me just give my kid to the hellfire, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and I'll protect myself. Sack him. It's just a kid. I need to care about myself now. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, this is what he wants to do. He hasn't mentioned this to anybody. Yawaddu, he wants to do it. He's thinking about it. He's contemplating over it. And he says, I'm going to, I want to sacrifice my kid just to get away from this. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he continues, وَصَاحِبَتِهِ وَأَخِيهِ 
And he wants to, if possible, he'll give his wife up, his spouse, and his siblings. Take them instead. Let me go. Sack her. <laughs> I just want to get away from this punishment. And subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions the wife and then he mentions siblings. Because sometimes you might not like your wife. Right? Just in case. But very rarely you find someone who doesn't like their siblings. Right? The siblings, Allah, it's blood. She can be replaced us. <laughs> Allah, it's very specific here. It's very specific. I'll get rid of my son. And then I'll get rid of my wife. And I'll get rid of my, my brothers, my sisters. Sack them. I just want to go to, I just want to be free from this. And it doesn't say so that they can go into Jannah. No, no, no. Just so that they can be pushed away from the hellfire, from the, from the punishment. That's all it is. Don't punish me. That's it. I don't want to go to Jannah. Just don't, I don't want to, I don't want that. Jahannam's in front of me. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he continues. And he says, And his clans, his close ones that used to protect him. And all of the people on the face of the earth, everyone who exists, he's willing to sacrifice all of them. All of you. I don't care about any of you. I just want to go and I want to be free from this punishment. Family, doesn't matter. Friends, doesn't matter. Anything, doesn't matter. I just want to get away from this. He's willing to sacrifice everything. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is documenting this. It hasn't even happened yet. He's warning you, this is what's going to come. This is what's going to happen. This is what you could be like. Don't be like it. That's why it's here. Don't be this desperate. Don't put yourself in this desperation. Do that which you're supposed to. So that you are not going to be in this case. And then, subhanallah. Yani, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He continues in the Qur'an. And there's various points in the Qur'an, as the Sheikh mentioned. You have to say in every panel, if we could talk about this, it could be lessons. You know what I mean? It would be lessons and lessons and lessons that we could talk about this issue. About the regret in the hellfire. And the regret on the day of judgment. Subhanallah. Just, there are so many verses about it. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He tells us about those who are doomed in the hellfire. The regrets that they will have. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, <sighs> on the day that the zalim, the oppressor, the one who is wicked, the one who is a sinner, a transgressor, he will bite on his hands. Bite on his hands. He's, frothing, he's freaking out now. He's biting on his hands. He knows that he has no one to blame but himself now. He's holding on to his, his own hands. He's biting them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, intricate detail is mentioned here. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he continues, يَقُولُ يَا لَيْتَنِ اتَّخَذْتُ مَعَ الرَّسُولِ سَبِيلًا He says, again, this person who's knowing that he's doomed, he's gone, he's finished. The thing that he says, I wish that I had taken a path in following the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Following the way of the Prophet, I wish I had done it. I wish I had taken just a path. Following the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And Subhanallah Over here Is this person He knows he's doomed But what we understand from this Is that the one who follows the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Was the perfect guide The perfect person The one who knew how to speak complete truth In complete 
perfection. There is no one who can come close to the eloquence of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was the complete guide. You come close to him, you're safe. You go far from him, you are not safe. And that is why we have such a staunch approach to be constantly on his path. Constantly. Why do you guys care about bid'ah all the time? Disobeying the Prophet Why do you guys have so much of an enmity against things not found in the books? There is a reason why we call ourselves Ahlus Sunnah. The people of the Sunnah. Because we understand that there is only one way to success. And that is the way of the Prophet Every other way is incomplete. Every other way leads to the shaitan, leads to the devil. But only the Prophet way, that is the only way of true success. That is the, the regret here. We wish that we had taken a path with the Prophet I want to get through just a few more. Just a few more. I know, Sheikh, is that all right? Zakallah khair. Got, he's okay. Well, I'm a guest here. He, he's, he's the sheikh. You know what I mean? Got to ask his permission. Now, <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he continues in another part of the Quran. He mentions another regret, something very specific, something that every single one of you can take on board. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says about the person who is doomed. He says, Ya waylata, woe to me, woe to me. This is the greatest calamity to ever befall me. This is the worst position that I am in. I'm gone. I'm finished. I'm done. Ya waylata. I'm finished. Woe to me. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, this person who is doomed in the hellfire, what's he thinking, this person? Laytani lam attakhidh fulanan khalila. I wish I had not taken so-and-so as a close friend. Ya Allah. I wish I had not taken so-and-so as a close friend. If your friends do not remind you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're a bunch of dropkicks. Absolute garbage. If they don't remind you of the akhirah in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are useless. Completely. Because if something is not bringing you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is absolutely useless. This is a person who's regretting. What? A person is regretting that I wish I didn't take that guy, that guy, as my close friend. He's blaming him. He knows that he had an effect of him, on him. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he specifically says, Al-mar'u ala That the person is upon the religion of his friend. You are a, a, a reflection of your friend. You're going to be upon his religion, his way. Whatever he's upon, you're upon. Whether you like it or not, this is the way of the Prophet And he does not say anything that is not true. Now, this person, subhanallah, he says, لَقَدْ أَضَلَّنِي عَنِ الذِّكْرِ بَعْدَ إِذْ جَاءَنِي This person, this friend that I took, he took me away from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after it came to me. That's what this person did. How many of you have friends? Wallahi, they call you to evil. Brothers and sisters. This one, I don't know what happened to it, bro. Jazakallah khair. Now, my brothers <coughs> and sisters, one of the questions that will be asked to the people of the hellfire, very, very specific, a very, very specific question. They will be asked, what brought you to the fire? Ma salakakum fi saqar? 
What has brought you to the hellfire? What is the reason that you can say is the reason why I'm here? They will be asked this question. قالوا, very simple. They will say, لم من المصلين. We were not of those who prayed. We were not of those who prayed. That is the first thing that comes to their mind. We did not pray. We did not establish our prayers. We are in here because we did not pray. We did not pray. That's why we're here. This is the thing that he's going to regret the most. He gives other reasons, but this is the reason that he regrets the most. Now, something that is important, my brothers and sisters, I'm going to finish off. يعني, I want to hear Sheikh Khalid at this point. <laughs> I'm done with me. Now, <clears throat> something that is important, my brothers and sisters, is that the people of Jahannam will have nothing but pain, torture, and regret. There's no comfort, no ease. There's nothing good that is going to come in that time. They only have to live with regret. That's all. And it's a different type of regret, my brothers and sisters. You have to understand, there's no death after that point. It's eternity. It's not a day goes by, except that you're regretting, I put myself here. I am the reason for this. I spent 60, 70, 80 years of deluding myself, and I'm here now maybe thousands of years in it, and you're still thinking about it. A million years, you're still thinking about it. I think that's where we cut it off now. Barakallahu feekum. Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. I hope no one made a friendly dua against the sheikh that he, that he finishes quickly and they're a bit frightened from the hellfire. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant him a shifa. Allahumma ameen. Now the topic of this evening, of course following the month of Ramadan where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated la'allakum tattaqoon. Perhaps that you gain taqwa. And the moral of this topic was that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu has come to court and he in fact began with this, forbidding the evil, okay, warning of the hellfire. He began warning the people of Quraysh about the hellfire and then of course gave him the glad tiding of the paradise. Now, after hearing what we had heard, we build off this and we come to a term that in this dunya, there is no complete happiness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran mentions, لَقَدْ خَلَقَنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدٍ Allah has created you and I, whereabouts we're going to find much difficulty. There is a minimal rest, whereabouts every day there is a constant struggle. Where does this struggle end? Your salah, your patience upon making wudu, your fasting, you're giving from that which you've, by the will of Allah, Allah's given you limbs to sweat and earn some money, and you give it away for the sake of Allah. Hajj, now spending thousands, being patient with your spouse, the spouse being patient with her, with her spouse, being patient with your parents, being patient raising your children, being patient reading the Quran, memorizing the Quran. It's difficult. Where is the eternal happiness? We begin before even entering the Jannah. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes in the Quran and we know that the disbelievers, they will not make it so close, you can say, to the gates of the Jannah. In fact, they're thrown into the pits of the hellfire. Then what occurs is that there is a group of the believers followed by the group of the hypocrites. And the hypocrites are trying to accompany the believers with regards to their light that is glowing. And they are following. Because they followed them in the dunya. 
But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned in Surah Al-Hadid, فَضُرِبَ بَيْنَهُمْ بِسُورِ اللَّهُ بَابٌ بَابٌ بَاطِنُهُ فِيهِ الرَّحْمَةِ وَظَاهِرُهُ مِنْ قِبْلَيْهِ الْعَذَابِ There is a barrier now. There is a differentiation. You are differentiated. And now, oh you hypocrites, those who claim to believe, those who show the action in front of the believers that they are righteous or that they do good, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now has placed, you can say, a fence or a barrier. And they will call upon the believers, Alam nakun ma'akum, weren't we with you? Qalu bala. Walakinnakum fatantum anfusakum. And Allah continues on. That is the end of the, the hypocrites, they're thrown into the hellfire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran in many verses, and that's why we say, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us, Jannah is for the muttaqeen. أُعِدَّتْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ تِلْكَ الْجَنَّةُ الَّتِي نُورِثُ مِنْ عِبَادِهَا مَنْ كَانَ تَقِيَّةِ وَسِيقَ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْ رَبَّهُمْ إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ زُمَرًا You need taqwa. But what happens now is that when the believers gather, and they are being led by the prophets, and they're being led by the truthful. They are being led by the most righteous, and of course, leading amongst them is the Prophet Muhammad They are now walking to the gates of the paradise where the Prophet tells us the edge of the door, door edge to edge, is 40 years travel. Travel, travel walking by horseback by light Allahu alam and there are eight doors they are now looking at and I just want you to imagine because this is what we're being hasty for this is what we're striving and struggling for they are now communicating saying is this are we about to enter the paradise that which we used to hear in the Quran that which the Prophet sallallahu tells us in the Jannah in it مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَتْ وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِعَتْ وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرٍ Imagine what they are hearing, imagine what they are seeing. And it is here, in summary, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu يَأْخُذْ بِحَلَقَةٍ مِنْ حَلَقَاتِ أَبْوَابِهَا The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu takes, you can say, the... The Allah, that which is about to knock the door for it to open eight gates of Jannah. Now the Prophet ﷺ takes this, this ring on the gates of the Jannah and he knocks it. And Ridwan, the gatekeeper of the paradise says, who is there? And he says, Ana Muhammad. Ana Muhammad. Not I am the messenger of Allah, I am the one, I am the slave, I am Muhammad sallallahu And he says the statements, Bika umirt alla aftaha li ahadin qablak. It is you that I've been commanded to open the door for alone and no one other than you. And then the, go the gates of Jannah open. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes in the book of Allah, and he says, the doors of Jannah start opening. Imagine. The fragrance that exits from the paradise can be smelt years and years and years away.
the light that you're seeing, the sounds that you're hearing, the colors that you're seeing, that which you're witnessing, it is that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes, that which you desire is in there. And before you even think about boredom, I tell you that the shade of the trees in the paradise are a hundred years of travel. So if you were to travel from tree to tree in the shade every hundred years, you will never become bored. And not just that, Allah explains He's removed from everybody's heart any type of animosity, any type of ill feeling. That which you feel in the dunya where you become bored from is removed anyhow. So you are not bored. But you will now enter into the paradise in accordance to the name calling. You will be called. And of course led by the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now what happens when you enter? Before we mention a few points, Wallahi, we cannot sit here and describe the Jannah. We can only mention a few points. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes it the best and it's only our imagination that goes wild. But it is something for you and I to say, yani this striving and struggling, it's worth it. Ali ibn Abi Talib mentions, and there are other companions that mention, and it is in accordance to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you enter, servants circumambulate you and the angels greet you the angels are making salams to you you're walking in you're smelling you're seeing the castles and they it is described that the the tents the length are 60 miles the last person to enter paradise gets this dunya 10 times imagine so don't you enter and you have these ghilman, these young servants running around you and they're greeting you. You're looking, imagine what you're seeing and they run. Where are they going to? And it is mentioned, Ali ibn Abi Talib is mentioning that the person who enters the paradise knows his dwelling more than he knows his dwelling in this dunya. So what he's doing in this narration He's going to inform the Hur al-Ain and the spouses in the castle that your guest has arrived. The one you've been waiting for all these years has just come. So he runs. And imagine you enter. And here, let's just merge everything. You're with your, you're with your, you're with your family. You're with your children. وَمَنْ صَلَحَ مِنْ آبَائِهِمْ وَأَزْوَاجِهِمْ وَذُرِّيَّاتِهِمْ you're speaking You're conversating in the Jannah But here, everybody wants to go to their dwelling You want to see what Allah's got So you, 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 you're, you're walking on your way Imagine what you're seeing in the Jannah What's in there? Rivers of honey, rivers of wine, rivers of milk. These birds that you that you're seeing flying around you, and as as you ishtahi, you want something, you you get it. And when I got, we'll speak about the reclining and so in a second. But you're on your way to your house now. 
And as you arrive there, or you're arriving, cutting the story short, imagine what you're seeing. Of your wives is looking over. But firstly, there was a conversation before between her and this servant. He's coming. I seen him. You seen him? He's here. Yes, he's here. And she, she looks, and you can say over a balcony, waiting to see you. And then you come. And it is mentioned, the way you greet her, you hug her for 40 years. Allahu Akbar. 40 years. 40 years this compassion. And you see a light. And she is more beautiful than the one you're hugging. And you go close to this one. And then it is mentioned, you see something. And the person says, who is this? An angel? Is this Allah Azza wa Jal? And you see that this is your spouse in the dunya. She is the queen of the Hur al-Ayn in the castle of yours. The most beautiful woman is your wife in this dunya. So for the sisters next door, and if you're worried about being with the husband, that, yani, that's quite difficult to deal with. Know that in the paradise, he's going to be more beautiful. There is a river we didn't mention that he drinks from before entering the Jannah. As also mentioned in some of these narrations. That his white face, radiant face, animosity, hatred, anything that is in the heart, it's not there. And he can dwell into his castle and the castles, what are they made from? As the Prophet ﷺ mentions, silver and gold. And it is, you could say, wiped with misk. They are reclining in the paradise. We mentioned some of this any, going through Surah Al-Insan. When you're in the Jannah, there's nothing that's going to tire you. In fact, everything is easy. And so it should be. And in fact, there is no sleep because if you sleep, you're not going to be able to dwell in the paradise. That is why the seating position, muttaki'ina fiha ala al-araik, al-ittika', they are leaning, meaning you're ready to pronounce whenever you can. You don't want to. You don't want to sleep. You don't want to rest. No time for this. And you're relaxing. Al-ittika' is not like al-julus. We're sitting down now. We probably can almost complain that we have sore backs now. Everybody can. But the, if you're laying down sleeping, you're, you're almost going to fall asleep and it's a lazy type of yani hater. But when you're laying back with your hand on your head, this is actually a seating position of the honorable in this life. On the day of judgment, or in the Jannah, that's how you're sitting. Allah says, You're accompanied by shade. And we didn't mention there's no sun in the Jannah. Yeah? No sun. There's no shams. Nothing hot, no rays. In fact, the light, the, the, the heaven, or you could say the sky of the Jannah, is the throne of Ar-Rahman. That is the light that is expanding out into the paradise. The throne of Ar-Rahman. You were in the shaded you know when you just think you want a fruit rather than you stretching out and stretching and pulling you can say in a muscle comes exactly for you to pick and the fruit you eat 
You may say, but how nice can this fruit be? It is from the fruits of the Jannah. When you eat from this fruit, the next fruit you, uh, you want to eat is better than the one you ate prior. You know that, that first feeling of anything? Let's just say you married the most beautifulest woman on earth. When you see her, you've probably fainted. So when you first seen her, you married her, Allahu Akbar. One week, two weeks, three weeks, one month, two years, you're, you're spending time at your mom's house for some reason. <laughs> yeah? What happened? You got a beautiful wife. Oh yeah, alhamdulillah. <laughs> Beauty doesn't matter anymore. The Jannah is different. The Jannah is a constant bliss. Constant. Because that feeling which you have in the dunya that you and I have been instilled with is not there. So when you're there, dwelling in the paradise, eating from your fruits, as the verses, you have your servants after you're eating, they'll come around with you with different vessels, a drink that is exactly for you and what you want to drink from. And it is you that controls what you want. The springs in the Jannah. It is mentioned, the ulama mentioned with regard, the springs that are flowing on earth with no, with no depth. It is you when you're going into your castle, it follows you if you're thirsty. You want honey, it's following you. Not Rather than you putting effort to go to the drink, it comes to you. The Jannah. You think Allah's prepared a final abode, a dwelling, a bliss, everlasting, that is going to be not but the best if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes it being that it is that which your soul is inclined to. And you can only imagine. And but more so with this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives and gives and gives. And wallahi the time, but we'll mention one snippet. Whereabouts, when you're in the paradise, you hear a caller, Ya Ahlal Jannah. Ya Ahlal Jannah. Inna Rabbakum Yastazirakum. This, you're already in the paradise. You've already entered, and all you've been tested for 60 what years for you to attain something that is eternal. Be patient. But oh, the inhabitants of the paradise, indeed your Lord is asking and requesting that you visit Him. Allah wants you to visit. Everybody goes on their rides, different transportation that is suitable for them, and everyone thinks they're in the best. And that is a beautiful thing about the Jannah. That no one is looking at anybody else. We said the last one who enters the Jannah has 10 times this world and he feels he's got the best. He's been the last one to exit the hellfire. Imagine. Not only is the, the last to enter the Jannah, he's the last to exit from the hellfire. And he believes when he hears the paradise and Allah gives him 10 times his dunya, he believes he's, no one has what he has. Imagine. So now everybody goes to a plank, you can say, an area where 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala communicates with the people of paradise. Imagine. And shown you the compassion and the giving. And Allah, remember, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created that Jannah. And I'm going to end off with a final important point. Everything we're speaking about is created. And Allah is the creator of it. So we're now having a meeting with the creator of the Jannah. The one who is now giving you the Jannah for eternity. But it was once upon a time not existent. Allah is the ever living. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks the inhabitants of the Jannah. هَلْ تُرِيدُونَ شَيْئًا أَزِيدَكُمْ Anything you wish for me to increase you with. They are embarrassed. Know ya Allah, you've given us everything. You've freed us minimally from the hellfire. We heard a bit of it. The minimally you've freed us from that. Anything else I can give you? Allah is being continuously asking. He wants something to extract something from them. They said, we want you to be pleased with us, Ya Allah. And Allah says, I would not have entered you into the Jannah if I was not pleased with you. What else? And then they all with one voice say, Ya Allah. They all say with one voice, one voice, we want to see you, oh Allah. Ya Allah. Arina wajhak. Your creator that is in the Jannah, what is the waladayna mazid? You have the Jannah and you have an increase. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows the inhabitants of the paradise his face jalla wa'ala. And Allah says, Wujuhun yawma idhin nadira ila rabbiha nadira. The faces of the inhabitants of the paradise become radiant and more beautiful when they see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani this is the Jannah. The Jannah that Allah has promised for those who want to attain it and you can only uh, try to attain it with your actions to attain the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can exhaust all efforts. Be in sujood from now to yawm al-qiyamah. As the hadith. That if somebody was to be from his birth. From birth. to أَنْ يَمُوتَ هَرَمًا وَهُوَ يُسْحَبْ عَلَى وَجْهِهِ And he is being dragged on his face from when he was born to he dies. Out of old age he is going to belittle this action. If you've done this for the sake of Allah. Imagine for the sake of Allah, you being dragged on, the, on your face until you die on the day of judgment. But even this was for the sake of Allah. You belittle this. You cannot attain the Jannah through your actions. But the point that I'll end off with, you and I, and I say it, it's difficult. We need to have full conviction in Iman that the hellfire is created and prepared and the Jannah is created and prepared. If you do not believe the Jannah is prepared, you will not try to attain it and you will not strive and struggle. And if you do not believe that the hellfire is being prepared and there are a party that are going to be thrown in there, then you will find yourself 
in the prohibitions and doing mistake because your iman is not strong enough. So at the end, what, what do you want? Yani, where, where do you want to be? That's why the companions, their hearts, yani, they flew like birds when they heard the Jannah. A companion who was, who was paralyzed in one leg, fought in the battle of Uhud and his name slipped me. He wanted to fight. He asked the Prophet, I said, I want to fight. The messenger said, you're paralyzed. You don't, you're, you're exempted. He said, I want this foot to, to be a means to enter into the paradise. And the Prophet, I said, I've seen him walking with two healthy feet in the Jannah. And we mentioned this story, but it's a beautiful phrase. Abdullah ibn Ruwaha. When he was about to go fight. And he seen Ja'far being killed. And he hesitated. Should I go? Oh, it's hard. Wanting to fight a battle is one thing. And being there on the front line, seeing it is another thing. So he hesitated. And he communicated with his soul. It's been a long time. You've been so tranquil in this dunya. It's not time for you now. You've been created from Nutufa. And then he went in there and he was killed and martyred. The companions, when they done things, that's what they said. If you were to show me the Jannah, show me, not describe to me. Show me the paradise. There will not be anything else that I will do to, to, to attain it. Meaning to put effort in. The Iman. And wallahi, you may hear it. We're living in a day and age where Iman is being stripped from the believer. We're holding on your religions like a hot coal. You jump on your phone, you, you come to the salah, you jump on your phone, you flick through and then all of a sudden black dot, black dot, black dot. And we're believing, oh, it's only her, I can only see her, it's only this TikTok video, it's only this. You're not going to attain the Jannah very easily this way. So my brothers and sisters in Islam, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable you, to be, you and I to be of the people of the taqwa, uh, that have gained taqwa and righteousness in the month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable you and I to benefit from that which we had heard, beginning off with Adi Shaykh and Adi Amir, Shaykh Khalid Isa, and then Shaykh Khalid Muhammad and Shaykh Farhan, um, uh, you know, with these beautiful reminders. And, uh, but it's not merely uh, any theory. It's not merely words. It's something that should be piercing into the heart. No one's saying... We're going to go home and pray Qiyam al-Layl all night. We're going to, if you can, alhamdulillah, but maintain it. The main thing is you benefit from it and know that Allah has in store for you the paradise. Allah has in store for you that which you want and that which Allah knows you can attain it. And it is easy for you to attain it. But you need to want it and desire it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us. Jazakumullah khairan ikhwani. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our beloved Mashaykh who had attended and given us our time. Inshallah ta'ala will continue on uh, to uh, you need to be blessed inshallah ta'ala by the will of Allah with these beautiful speakers to come with these short reminders and, and these panels. Allah so we'll leave it up with there. Jazakumullah khairan. Subhanakallah wa bihamdika shadu wa la ilaha wa ta'ala. Astaghfiruka wa alaykum wa rahmatullah.